I've got a question for you. Do you sometimes struggle with your creativity? Maybe you're sat in front of the computer uh, waiting to write something, but the words aren't coming to you. Or you have your camera next to you, but you just don't feel motivated to take a picture. Or even you can't even think of what to take a picture of. Sometimes this leads us to endlessly scroll through social media, trying to look for inspiration, but the hours pass by and we realize we've spent the battery on our phone looking through Instagram or Twitter, just mindlessly liking the things that we see in front of us. For many of us, this can go on for days or weeks, and it's often known as creator's block or creative block, whatever you want to call it. It is a block in our creativity. But this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I want to spend some time in this episode to speak about why it may be a good idea to actually lean into creative block and why trying to battle these blockers could actually be doing more harm than good. Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the Create Good Mental Health podcast. I hope you are happy and healthy. I kind of feel like this is just something that I say at the beginning of a podcast, but I do truly hope that you are happy and healthy as always. So before I actually get into this episode of the podcast, I just wanted to see what you think about the way that the podcast is going so far. This is the, I believe, fifth episode. And I can't really say that I've been too consistent with it. Scheduling-wise, it hasn't been too bad, but I know that I keep changing the music up. That's purely because I'm completely indecisive and I can't really make my mind up as to what track I want to keep as the main one for the podcast. I don't really know whether it matters, but yeah, shoot me a message on Instagram at Create Good Mental Health and just let me know what you think. I realized that I haven't really asked you guys what you think of how things are going at the moment. So I thought, well, maybe I'll put a poll out on Instagram after this episode has aired, launched, released, and... Uh, yeah, see what you guys think. But I'm not going to waste any more time babbling on about this. Let's just get into the episodes. So yeah, creative blockers. The main reason why I thought it would be a good idea to speak about this particular subject is because it's exactly what I'm experiencing right now. And I'm a big advocate of making whatever struggle you are experiencing the story. Because what better way to get out of a creative blocker or get out of a bout of anxiety, whatever mental health struggle that you are currently experiencing, I think shining a light, putting focus on that situation, for me at least, is the best way to bring myself out of it. But I didn't really want to just kind of talk about my experiences of, uh, of creative block, but more so why I believe that blockers in general are a good thing. Now, that's not to say that I believe being blocked creatively is a positive thing, but more so for the fact that I see creative blocks as a means of my own mind telling me that I need to take a step back. The way that I like to think about it is, well, essentially, the brain is a muscle. I, I Don't get me wrong, I know it's not a muscle, um, but I, I treat it as a muscle and thinking about it that way um, similarly to any physical exertion, your body needs to take a break 
to regenerate its energy, to recover from what you've put it through. And for me, the brain is exactly the same. It's no different. You can't carry on going. You can't keep just pushing and pushing and pushing and expect yourself to be endlessly creative without taking a break. Um, and this is why I say when creative block comes, it's my brain telling me it's had enough. I need to have a break. I need to recharge, disconnect, do whatever is good for me to regenerate that creativity that I may have exerted. But I don't think that it's enough to just say, you need to take a break. You need to just take a step back from your creativity and chill for a bit. I don't think it works that way. And everyone is completely unique. So what works for one doesn't work for another. So what I thought that I would do is just talk about three different ideas of what you can do while taking a step back from your creativity, just to be with yourself a little bit more, be a little bit more mindful with your time, a bit more intentional. And hopefully, you never know, hopefully this is something that you could start putting into practice on a regular basis to improve your mental health, improve I'm not going to say improve your creativity, but maybe it's something that can bring a little bit more intention to your creativity. I don't know about you, but for me, there is a real strong element of fear and anxiety when it comes to the idea of not being on social media or just consuming content in general. The idea of not being in touch with what's happening in the world digitally scares me, which is an absolutely ridiculous thing when you think about it. Because nothing terrible is going to happen if I just disconnect from social media or if I just stop watching YouTube, or if if I just turn the television off, nothing's going to happen to me. There's not going to be, there's not a piano hanging over my head at all times, ready to just drop as soon as I disconnect from the world. But the fear, the anxiety is real. So the first idea that I have, which is something that I really tried to do all week last week, um, failed miserably a couple of times, but I really tried to do it was simply disconnect, simply be with myself. I think that's an important thing that we need to get back to doing, especially, especially right now, especially in 2021, when everything is accessible and everything is online and everything is connected. I feel like there is a lot of anxiety, there is a lot of mental health issues that primarily stem from how connected we actually are. If you hadn't already noticed, over the past few weeks, uh, I've taken quite, uh, quite a bit of a break from social media, uh, primarily from the Create Good Mental Health Instagram accounts. I hadn't really challenged myself to create anything. I hadn't really been posting anything. And it was because of the fact that that's where a lot of my burnout had been coming from in the weeks prior to that. I was, I was putting too much pressure on myself to essentially be present on social media, where 
that's not really the most important thing that we should be focusing on. While it's okay to be present on social media and just overall have a digital presence, there needs to be balance. You still need to be present for your own experiences. You need to disconnect from time to time and not let social media be your predominant source of experience. So with that in mind, this is going to be an obvious first step. This is not something that is new to anyone. I'm sure everyone has heard this time and time again by many different sources, but limiting your screen time, even scheduling your screen time, or creating a weekly goal of lessening the amount of time that you actually live on social media or consume content in other areas, um, that is a great way to create more presence to be in your own experiences to enjoy your own company which i think is highly important to regain the mental capacity to create again i mean this whole podcast stems from the pursuit of creativity with balanced mental health and digital consumption in the volumes that many of us consume it is i'm not going to say dangerous it is harmful to me at least, it's harmful. At the end of the day, I always speak from my own experiences. And for me, there have been times of burnout. There have been times of emotional distress. There have been times of severe dips in my mental health, which have predominantly been caused by the amount that I consume on social media or just screen time in general. It can be really damaging to our mental capacity. So. The first step that I would say is manage your screen time. Call it whatever you want, but um, manage it, schedule it, limit it in some way. And I think that that would be a really huge help. Now, obviously you have to replace your screen time with something, but luckily there are many other things that we can do that don't actually require jamming a screen in front of your face. So going for walks, doing some exercise, reading a book, none of these that I actually do myself because I'm super lazy and unhealthy, but you may be a better person than I am, so you could actually tackle these tasks. There are other things that you can do. Screen time, social media, digital consumption is not the be all and end all of life's experiences. So that first suggestion, like I said, is a bit of an obvious one, but I think that it's something that always needs to be said. I think people need to be reminded. I need to be reminded constantly that these things, social media, the internet, is not something to be abused because we are the only ones that really kind of feel harm from it mentally, emotionally, and the more we use it, the more we get sucked into this vortex, which essentially consumes our mental capacity and takes our energy away from us so we can actually produce, create, do the things that we want to be doing. It takes our mental health and it takes our time away from us. That's a bit heavy, I guess. But it's true. It can be true for a lot of people. It's 
it's a great place to be, but it's also a very harmful place to be. So limiting our experiences online is, for me at least, is, is paramount to maintain my creative mental health. The second step, the second suggestion, idea, musing, what, what have you, is something that I've tried to do for a long time. It's not necessarily something that I would say I have harnessed as a habit, as a ritual. It is something that I think is very good at making your time more intentional, but at the same time still maintaining creativity. And it is essentially documenting your distractions. Sometimes when you have creative block, it can be not because you don't have any ideas or you don't have any inspiration or sometimes you really question your own creativity and you just feel like, well, I'm not a creative person. I can't actually do this. This is why nothing is coming to me. It's sometimes it's because you have too many ideas. There's a lot of things going around in your brain. There is a lot of neurons firing at the same time, each of which could be a potentially amazing idea, but you can't grab onto it because there's so much stimulus around and you can't focus your ideas quick enough to actually get them down on paper or you can't take a photo of what you want to take a photo of or you know, shoot a video quick enough before the idea actually goes. So what I used to do pre-COVID when we were actually allowed outside, um, I used to take a notepad with me wherever I went and I would just jot something down. As soon as it popped into my head, it would be like one short sentence. I would just jot it down. More often than not, when I actually got home and I read it back, it made absolutely no sense to me. But there were some little nuggets of creative gold that I would be able to hold on to. And it would be an idea that I could actually pursue later on. Nowadays, um, considering I am holed up in my little fortress of creative solitude inside, I am just surrounded by thousands of multicolored post-it notes. And it's still a great way of, uh, of doing it. I have markers, I have post-its, and any time a little idea comes to me, I document it. And you may be saying to yourself while listening to this, this is all well and good, Tom, but you said document your distractions. This is just called note-taking. Don't worry, I'm getting to that. But either way, having a notepad, having a pen and paper, or I mean, you know, you can use your phone as well. Every phone has a notes app, but I, I like how tangible, how physical note-taking on a pen and paper is. I prefer it that way. Same way as I don't like reading books or um, on a Kindle or listening to audiobooks. Pen and paper just, it feels like something real. As I mentioned before, sometimes you can feel creative block because you just feel perpetually distracted by your surroundings, your environment, whatever is going on around you. And you feel like you can't focus and just make what you want to make. I've said many times, if you feel like your mental health is stopping you from being creative, 
make that your story. And I've always stood by that. And that's actually how Create Good Mental Health came about. I decided at a very low point in my mental health to sit down in front of a microphone and record myself talking about my mental health. And here we are. And the same goes for any distraction, any seeming hindrance to your creativity. Whatever medium you use to be creative, use that to document whatever experience you feel is blocking you from your creativity. When we think of distractions, we may naturally feel like these are things that are stopping us from maintaining a steady thought pattern. It's not necessarily the case, though, because distractions are just changing our thought pattern, which means that the distractions that we are trying to battle could be another path that we take creatively. We just choose not to accept it. Now, I would obviously take this extremely unqualified theory uh, with a grain of salt because I'm not a psychologist and this could very well be something that I've just been telling myself for years so I can merit distractions and procrastinate. But ironically, even through procrastination can come creativity. Um, I think it was sometime at the beginning of last year or maybe the year before, I don't even remember. I had been procrastinating about starting a YouTube channel for the longest time. And it turns out that I actually made a video about procrastination after procrastinating for so long. So even from something that you believe is limiting your creativity, you can still create, weirdly enough. So the last idea, suggestion, is centered around something called synesthesia. So synesthesia is essentially the crossover of two or more senses. From my understanding or from my own experience, this has been typically a byproduct of autism or ASD, but it can be found in many, in many people who may not necessarily go through life with, uh, with autism. And essentially what that means is, um, and taking from my own experience, synesthesia for me means I can visualize music. If I am listening to a particular song or if I hear a specific sound, I can kind of manifest pictures or I can associate colors with tunes. And the same can be said when, for instance, if someone sees a photograph, they can get a smell, something specific, uh, like a particular smell manifests itself. Um, obviously, this can also be attributed in part to uh, memory, nostalgia, that kind of thing. But it's not necessarily specifically attributed to that. Synesthesia is its own exclusive sensation. I think I'm going a little bit off the rails here with this explanation of synesthesia. So I think that it would be a little bit easier for you to understand, obviously, if you haven't already heard of this, to give you an example. So I can count the amount of videos that I have made on my YouTube channel on almost both my hands. So it's natural to say that I'm an expert at this point. And of all of the videos that I have made for YouTube or otherwise, I always pick the music first. From what I understand from other people who uh, are either filmmakers professionally or do it personally, this isn't the normal practice. 
generally a film, video, what have you, is shot first, and then the music is found afterwards. I can't operate like that because I need the music to tell me how the video is going to look. I know how that sounds, doesn't make any sense. That's the only way that my brain will allow me to work. So generally speaking, if you have seen any of my videos previously, the only reason that those videos came to fruition and the way that they actually look and had been edited is because of the music. Because that essentially allows me to write what I'm going to shoot. Okay, so at this point, you're probably thinking to yourself, where the hell is this guy going with all of this shit? Or you may have thought about that 10 minutes ago. But the reason why I bring up synesthesia is because a great way to feel inspired to bring about new creativity is to stimulate new senses. So if you're a filmmaker stuck in a rut, listen to some music that may inspire some creativity. If you're a photographer who feels that they have lost their vision for what they're shooting, then sit down and read a book. Or if you are a writer, then cook a new recipe that you've never tried before. Essentially, what I am trying to get at here with this suggestion is removing yourself from the sensory stimulus that you do day in, day out, that is growing seemingly stale and put yourself in a different environment. Everything that I've spoken about in this episode of the podcast, the main theme of it all is to disconnect. And I think that that's very important. We are all connected, which can be incredibly overwhelming for our creativity, our mental health, our emotions, our, our senses overall. There is so much stimulus out there that sometimes your brain just decides it's had enough. It does not want to function at the high level that you want it to anymore. And it needs to disconnect. It needs to take that step back. And this is the opportunity to do so. But that is about it. That is just three little ideas that I thought that I would record and give you guys some alternative ideas, some ways that you can be comfortable with your creative block. After all, a creative blocker or a rut or a break in your mental capacity to create is not essentially the end of your creativity. It is just a period in which your brain is telling you to slow down. Well, that was a long one. If you have made it to this point of the podcast, I thank you. I applaud you. I really don't know whether this will have been of any use to anybody. Maybe not. Um, at the very least, it was to me because I managed to record another episode and that is a feat in itself. Actually, what I want to do, I'm going to do a little, little experiment. If you have made it this far in the episode, we are now at 25 minutes. What I want you to do is next post that I put on Instagram at Create Good Mental Health, I want you to comment on the next post and tell me whether you believe pineapple belongs on pizza. There is only one right answer. 
and I will tell you what it is in the next post. Now, I kind of feel like a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I'm just going to say right now, you're wrong, but that's just a fact. I don't make the rules. That's just the way that it is. I don't know why I decided to do that, but you know, fuck it. It's my podcast. It's my Instagram account. I can do what I want. Thank you very much for continuing to listen to my podcast. I do get the general feeling that I ramble a lot. I th- well, that's what a podcast is really, isn't it? Or at least that's what I feel like it is. So I do really appreciate everyone listening to this. I do have to say it has been a bit of a journey and it will continue to be a bit of a journey. And I'm not going to guarantee that I'm going to be consistent with it because I said this at the very beginning that I would probably be consistent with it. And I lied to everyone. So I'm not going to commit myself to anything because at the end of the day, mental health is more important than anything else. So if I'm consistent, awesome. If I'm not consistent, awesome. And I think that that is the only commitment that anyone should do. Don't be consistent if it's not good enough for you, if it's not working out for you. Do what works for your mental health. Do what works for your creativity. And that's about it from me. So I'm just going to end it here. Thank you. I love you all. And I will see you on the next one.